Fuck me. Well, fuck me. Fuck me. Hello, foot nerds, and welcome to another installment of the Foot Me podcast, your podcast for all things mid-level, mid-tier, and just plain mid in this game. We play the ultimate team universe of EAFC. I am your host, TJ, here to share my experience, and uh, hopefully uh, that will uh, make you feel a little bit better about your experience, especially this time of year, as uh, we're going to get into our usual format where uh, I'm going to tell you about where I'm at um, and uh, kind of provide some historical information um, uh, as well. Uh, Do a little bit of content corner. Um, and then to keep the alliteration alive, we will be doing a community collage where I'm going to share some stuff that I dug into um, that may or may not uh, make you feel better about uh, the direction that we are headed. But before we get into all of that potential doom and gloom, maybe not even doom and gloom, maybe it just sounds that way from the way that I am talking and breathing that you are going to uh, be a, a, a shock twist ending. And, you know, this could be the M. Night Shyamalan of all of my episodes where at the end, when you're expecting one thing, bam, you know, it's it's dead people. I don't know. I don't watch too much M. Night Shyamalan, but I do watch this other show and they uh, are known for one particular phrase. Hey, how you doing? And uh, I am doing all right. Uh, but uh, I, I will say, I don't know if you ever saw that movie Groundhog Day. Um, this is a relatively apropos. We are not far removed from the actual Groundhog Day. Um, but uh, Bill Murray plays a character who just wakes up and every day is the same until he gets the day right. You know, spoiler, but it was from like the 90s. So get over it. But um. The reason that I say this feels a lot like Groundhog Day is uh, not just from past episodes, but I think back to this time of year last year, and uh, I'm pretty sure I'm about to say some of the same stuff. For example, I am in Division 6. I am struggling getting to the halfway point. I've had a lot of almost get that halfway mark and then lost those games. Uh, so much like the last few weeks, and this is the division that we got moved, that I got moved back into, um, per the reset. Now this was a much shorter season ends in just a a few days. Um, and, uh, there is a chance go on a run, uh, and we'll talk about why that may or may not be a possibility maybe later with some stats, but it looks like probably going to end the season in division six. We'll see if we get bumped down one or two. Um, based on the length of the next season, clearly this one was tailored around team of the year, um, and things like that. Another interesting part, and this could be because of my lack of cut play. We could also see, I think we'll see a surge in some XP opportunities, maybe the next uh, couple of days, but I have to say, I haven't been chasing XP, um, for this one. Remember when we looked back, it wasn't like the rewards were fantastic. It's nice to get to the end. There's always a nice big pack there that, um, for those of us that don't spend money on the game, it's nice to be able to open one of those. And I'm, I'm hoping to get there, but at this point, I think it's probably a fool's errand. Cause I think I'm somewhere in the neighborhood of like six K six something K short. 
Um, there is like 1500 XP available. If I play 15 games of, you know, with some French players and some Dutch players and some Spanish players on that one. And, you know, I, I've just been not playing uh, a lot of squad battles. I, I played some last night, uh, because of some future star stuff, which we'll, we'll talk about, but I just am not, that's not a part of the grind that I would like to do where, you put together a team with, you know, the crappy players in it uh, and you meet that requirement and play five of those. And, you know, I'm not a rubber bander. I don't even really know how halftime works there because whenever I it goes to halftime and I've rubber banded, it, like it just sits there on that screen. So maybe there's some trick to that. I am I am not good at that part. Um, we're a lot of parts of this game, to be fair. But anyway, so... Um, I, uh, have not really participated in that, but that's 1500. I need, you know, 5k, maybe, you know, every 500 counts, you know, I didn't do the cup stuff. So left some on the, on the table there, but we'll, we'll see where, where that ends up. But I have a feeling I'm going to be in division six at the end of this season and short of the, uh, you know, reaching the end goal in terms of, uh, the grind, which is kind of crazy considering the hours that I put in, but maybe not in the way that I need to, to unlock, you know, those particular things. And, you know, that's fine. I'm playing the game. Uh, they're getting their engagement and, uh, I'm, you know, continuing to, to bumble along the way I do. Unlike some other folks stats coming later. So, um, I, uh, can, uh, also add in that I am in weekend league. I have one more, uh, well, I have two games to try to win one of those to get to, to six wins. This started out, I had an abysmal start. I ended up having to play a lot of, well, I played a number of games on Friday, um, due to having an early part of the day off and then it was going to be busy Friday evening and all day Saturday. So I didn't play any games on Saturday and, um, starting off on Fridays, you know, you hear people talk about it, don't do it. You know, it's and all the sweats are out, things like that. And I'm, I mean, I won a game out of like seven. So that was, you know, pretty rough start and uh, have since pulled it back on uh, Sunday to where I'm sitting, where I usually sit, which is almost six wins. Sometimes I get there faster. Uh, hopefully I can win one of these two games later today and, you know, get that, you know, little bump and extra jumbo added to the rare players pack or whatever. Um, but that's that's where that is sitting and i i have shifted to where i'm starting every game now in a 4-3-2-1 still playing you know trying to utilize the edges things like that i don't try to do a lot of my work in the middle uh, that does come out i do get to use my midfielders a little bit more to work that but i'm still trying to not necessarily just byline cutbacks all the time even though that is an element of the game um bit more crossing especially since uh, I added Davies to the team I was able to finish that without buying a pack so uh, he's been in there he's got whipped cross I don't really have great headers of the ball you would think that you know, team of the year honorable mention Kane would be um, good on volleys good on power shots I'm finally trying to figure that out you know he's got that 80 pace which for some folks doesn't bother them um, I think I could use just a little bit more uh, speed there, uh, to be honest, but more importantly is probably the lack of balance and, you know, being able to kind of dance a little bit. But 
That being said, um, Kane has been been doing well. There are some shots I'm like, man, you should put that in with your kind of abilities uh, based on what his uh, you know shot rating and things like that are. You know, like a, a Lewandowski or whatever. When they're in front of the goal and shoot, you kind of want an auto finisher there, and not quite um, at that level that I would have hoped, but you know, still is uh, finishing you know, well, I think unlike, uh, Julian Alvarez, who's maybe gets in better positions when it comes to being in position for cutbacks, um, Kane doesn't necessarily find those positions as well, but finds other pockets. Um, also utilizing his, uh, power shot has been, um, uh, effective and trying to get more used to that. Um, and, uh, it, it does get, I would say, you know, speared away a fair amount of times. Plus he doesn't shoot it as fast as some others that I think have the, uh, that is their, as their plus. So that's a little disappointing that the overall kind of his shot speed. That's Eusebio. Some of those are the little things that I think these older cards are going to start creeping in and uh, whatever stat, whatever animation, whatever slider they have to do for like, you know, how fast you can get a shot off. Um, as that's really, I think a, a key right now in terms of offsetting, you know, faster anticipate plus folks and things like that on the defensive end. And so some of these folks that have, uh, slower finishing animations, shooting animations, um, there, I think they're going to start, you know, getting exposed a little bit more. I'm seeing it. Um, I'm also still having that issue where it's like, I think I'm hitting a pretty hard shot and it's, it turns out to not be that. Um, don't know if that's a delay, if it's a user issue, if I'm just not holding the button long enough, you know, all of, you know, all of the above. Um, but we're, we're still, we're still dealing with that and, and that's kind of cropping up, but you know, Kane's power shots, things like that have been able to, to help out on that end. So, um, Rest of the team, like I said, you know, got the Garicha and uh, the. Um, I was uh, lucky enough to, you know, pack some folks, so I got uh, that, you know, winter wild cards Garincha on one side, best on the other, Sawa, you know, solid in the middle. Um, the Modric road to the knockouts is starting to maybe feel a little uh, tired. I don't know. He's gone down to three forty. Uh, K right now um, versus uh, when I bought him at like 270 so 280 uh, right around the 300k mark before team of the year so I've definitely gotten that much out of him so I do not mind the value loss I'm just thinking uh, between speed and you just would like for him to like his passing should be more accurate like the the benefits of having a Modric there I just I'm not feeling them and I can't hit a Travella to save my life so you know, that's before they even bother patching it. So I, I keep trying. I, I just can't get that angle lined up. I need, you know, I could do the finesse plus easy peasy um, on that one, but a little bit more of a skill gap, I guess, to make a Travella work, at least for me. It just, it's so clunky. I, I can't figure it out. And, you know, it's something I'm continuing to look at. One of the things I also do when I'm in uh, squad battles, a little bit of timed finishing, which isn't going well. 
um, and trying to find those angles and get that feel, which also not going well. So, but you know, that's why we live and learn. Uh, Kim and Jay has been great. Still have gold Van Dyke in the team. Suck it. I'm using uh, Alexander Arnold's honorable mention still at right back. And he's, he's doing good looking at some of these future stars, but none of them really stand out. There's one possible right back. And then I got just 90 Casillas still, you know, chilling back there. So uh, my in, subs are okay. You know, I'm trying some different things there, but really nothing that comes out off the bench. That's like, you know, wow, amazing or, or a big shift. So that's, that's where I'm at. And, you know, having the solid team is good in that I know where everybody's going to be and those types of things. But at the same time, you know, it's, and I wouldn't say that it's getting stale. I, I still enjoy, you know, this, but we're, we're playing against a lot of really good teams and everybody has versions of that. And there are some weirdness that goes on. I'm still, you know, pass accuracy seems to have gone back down. I thought I had kind of gotten a hold of that, but it seems to be a little bit wonky again. I don't know. Um, now I am still going to the four triple two for my defense, which is weird because there was another more reputable, uh, fully produced um, podcast that's been around for a while that involves professionals, um, and uh, it was suggested that the four two two was not a great. Um, formation that it left the middle way too open and you were way too vulnerable defensively but then when tried found if you used it with slow buildup you could do well but that it's really vulnerable to you know counters and things if you lose the ball in the middle of the field lucky for me um, I don't work the middle of the field especially when I'm playing a four triple two even though he says a four four two would probably be a better version of that and so I am thinking about it but at the same time um the four three two one with the kind of standard uh you know run of the meta tactics and instructions uh seems to to be doing okay again it's just people in different places uh, a lot of it when i was talking with martin is like well you want to play the same formation so you know where those people are going to be but the problem is whether it's my brain short-term memory whatever the issue is is I never remember, oh, there's going to be somebody there. Um, I'll look and there, you know, elements of that with like the left back moving up the field, like for, you know, to, to kind of switch a play or, uh, you know, where I think this player should go. But frequently that gets me into as much trouble because I'm like, oh, you're going to go here. And then I pass it and they don't or whatever along those lines. And so um, using the same kind of premise in terms of how I want to attack, but a different formation to kind of get some different movement in there, um, I feel uh, has helped out, has not exposed me necessarily defensively, um, feels like it gives me a little bit, you know, more action um, on the, uh, in the final third and stuff like that. So we're going to keep playing with it. I haven't, I can't say like, oh my gosh, I put this tactic on and I haven't lost a game because that's not been the case. And it's quite possible that when I'm having these, like, you know, win two, lose one, win two, lose one in rivals, as has been the case here lately, that it does not, it's not related to tactics. It's probably related to tacticians and, you know, decisions. Like this game is about decision-making and I don't do a very good job of it. I get very, um, tunnel visioned um, where I'm looking at the ball, the guy dribbling, because that's important. And I don't put my head up. 
this was true when I played basketball physically. I like had to concentrate on what I was doing. And so you weren't heads up trying to find where you're supposed to pass the ball and you would find yourselves in trouble and you think too long and it's just not instinctual and, and things along those lines where you try to like drill that so that you're no longer thinking about it. You just know when this, then this. And I'm still like, well, but what if I did this other thing instead? Cause I bet they're thinking I'm going to do this thing. And by the time you go through all that, they've taken the ball and scored. So I'm trying to work on that. And as much as, you know, clearly the formation is not the thing that impacts me being able to do that. Um, but yeah, that's where, that's where I'm sitting as far as, uh, you know, here we are. Like I, I still, I, I just, I, I hear that song, you know, let's do the time warp again. Um, for those of you that I, sorry, I'm not a, a singer, but I just, I feel like I'm in the exact same place that I was last year. Some very big differences though. I feel like I'm in the same division and I'm having the same frustrations, but that I'm playing better. Um, I'm creating more chances. I'm more fundamentally solid in those spots. So um, in a world minus any kind of coaching, I don't know if I would have kept playing this game. Like I would imagine I would be, you know, struggling in, you know, seven, trying to get into six um, and just banging my head and playing a bunch of different tactics and trying to utilize a bunch of different play style pluses and all of that instead of a fundamental approach to how to you know play the game instead of learning openings in chess for example or stuff like that i would still be just like you know make the horse you go um and i would imagine that the casual players they're finding the exact same thing there were some elements of you know these play styles and stuff that make it more fun and interesting but it also are elements of that that are making it you know these games are just uber competitive they can go any way when you're relying on that stuff there's a lot more rng that comes into play like i said the tekkenizing or whatever uh, mortal combat izing of uh you know fifa in terms of combinations when it comes to skill moves or like play style pluses between players and those kinds of synergies and things like that you know i have a feeling i would be you know trying to zing a bunch of crosses into some tall people in the middle um would be kind of what i would be going for if i didn't have any semblance of of a strategy that uh, i developed prior to this so um i'm very thankful that i am playing better than i was last year but i also think it's awful crazy that we're you know looking here and saying hey um i'm in the exact same place i was last year you know i don't want to it's not like I haven't gotten better or improved. And so it's a weird dynamic in terms of that, but I haven't increased wins necessarily in weekend league. I haven't gotten any further in that. And so a lot of it is like, do you, are you, you are what you are and you end up where you end up. And a lot of that has to do, I think with, you know, trying to improve decision-making as much as anything, you know, you can put a gimmick in there, you can play with, you know, some of the little meta mechanical stuff, but at the end of the day, it's going to, you know, it's, it's bigger than that. But speaking of bigger, let's go to content. So, you know, a little bit of, uh, content corner, if you will, the idea behind this was, uh, you know, Let's look at what's going on. Now, I did want to address one of the the major kind of things that showed up on on Twitter. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of time is spent bashing EA, and some of it very well, like, hey, you made this mistake and pointing that out, and all these other types of things, and it could be warranted. How you go about it, whatever, that can all be debated. But um, I did uh, post just 
I'm not an EA defender or a shill. I'm not saying like the game is perfect, but I do find it's like, you know, EA tries to do something different. It doesn't go well. Crucify them. EA brings out a similar promotion from the last year when they did this and they didn't update it at all. Crucify them. You know, EA tried to tweak something that they did and didn't go well. Crucify them. Like it's just, yeah, and I get like, oh, well, they could have given us this or they could have been more forward about that or they could have come out, right? We know Messi Gate was a mistake um, and they shut it down within 20 some minutes. And, you know, at the time, all the chicken littles were like, the game is ruined. Everybody has a Messi. This thing's going to suck. Some news for you is that, um, you know, after Team of the Year, there's the big drop anyway and that, you know, Messi wasn't going to be the thing that broke the game. Clearly some folks quick sold them or put them into SBCs, you know, those exchange stuff. You saw some folks taking like an ethical stand, stuff like that. And at the end of the day, since packs are lottery, I don't really, the idea that that one was giving out things a little too much. It's like, Oh, we accidentally gave you too good a pack weight on packs. You open versus store packs. Right. Um, like I said, I know it sucks if you were asleep and didn't even have a chance to go for it and those types of things. And that happens, but also what languages end up getting compensation because of bad packs last year. And, you know, uh, folks that decide to be more active are going to get more chances for those things. Of course, uh, I opened up one of those supposed to get an 87 but got 86 you know player picks from you know a little less than a month ago and they're like compensation will be coming has it is it did it i don't know so um again i i think you know those things happen um it would be great if uh, they you know it didn't but uh you know there are going to be mistakes they could maybe handle it a little bit better but when you're talking about this big of a player base and like some that only play squad battles, some that end up playing online, uh, you know, competitive uh, in terms of just the ultimate team folks that are participating, that they look at those numbers and data. Are they going to let us know it? No, because they don't want those are confidential internal numbers. So they just kind of say something like points ought, ought 7% of people got it, which is also like, that was not a great move, but you know, it, it is, you know, it, you would, you would like to think with all the money they make, they would put more into this, that, and the other, and that's a, a fair criticism. But at the same time, um, you know, what EA is doing in terms of like the copy pasta on the road to the final, everything looks pretty much the same as it has for years. Um, who knows, you know, but they spent a lot of time on the new design for future stars cause those cards are dope. So, um, I just, I don't know how many, I assume that you, if you're listening to the podcast, you're probably an old or at least an older, or you're familiar with what network television was. And, um, maybe, uh, even if you're not, you, uh, fell into the idea of like, I'm going to watch the golden girls or something because you know, it's a viral sensation. Um, and you'll notice that in shows, especially from that era, there was always one, especially in episode, you know, season two or three where they're like, Oh, remember when there'd be like a storm and knock out the power. They just sit around and we're like, remember when this happened? And then they just cut to parts of that old episode. Remember when this happened? And they just insert that other part. Um, they do it during writer strikes. Um, it was just a way to get like a free episode out there where you essentially hacked up all the ones that are like, you know, a best of, 
and then here's a format to, to make it that. So this is not new for content creators and for media outlets or for anything. I mean, how many items do you fix for dinner and then turn into, you know, leftovers? Like it's, it's, it's called life. I, I think we could get over uh, that a little bit. I, I am a little bit more interested. I know future stars is one that people get really revved up about, especially if you enjoy football. Cause I think you think, or you want like your favorite up and coming player could get a future stars card. And then that would be Uber dope. Um, or, you know, they give somebody just uh, you know, cause future stars means that they're, they're, young and so they'll probably be fast and agile and so a lot of those kind of stats that, that we really would like for them to have they have but then of course they'll probably lack composure you know maybe maybe not we'll we'll talk about that here in a second but um i do think when we talk about future stars that ea was probably you know knew that evolutions were going to be really heavily linked to future stars and so this is the first promotion where you know they're releasing players to go into evolutions and so we're going to see how that plays out if this could be more of a model moving forward i would be interested to see if we have more or less evos next year um even though i don't want to start talking about ea 25 already um but I do think this is kind of, you know, they've thought a lot about rolling out Evos for future stars and the way that that would plan, I would assume. Um, we've gotten so far the attackers. They gave us nine, 11 defenders. Um, I assume some midfielders may pop up at some time. You get two of those each that you can, you know, kind of push up. Um, and so, you know, you could have six future stars if you wanted to do like an under 23 team or things like that, which I think are interesting. I I don't know if anybody's going to do it. Now, these cards, and we're, I think we're at the, what I would call the 90 rated era. Um, everything is going to be 90 and above moving forward for it to be, you know, worth a darn. You know, we're seeing some 88s that are maybe squeaking in there, especially, you know, that's where some of these are, are going to, but most of them are going to get to 90. Now, that 90 is a face stat, which may or may not correspond to anything, but I think psychologically it's going to be hard for them to release things that are less than 90 and think we're going to be excited about it. These 86s, for example, that are in future stars. Now, I am not the one to do this. I have already said I won't do it and that I'm not falling for it, but I think we're going to learn Will these 85, 86 future stars impacts, you put them in your club, you don't shove them into an SBC yet, and in a month or two months or whenever, will there be like, you know, future stars, you know, promotion thing or whatever. There'll be like an Evo that'll take one of those 86s up to a 93 or something. Now, like I said, I've only packed one over and over again, center back from the United States, uh, female. Um, and she, I just keep getting her. And so that's the only, you know, one that I've packed. Um, so I'm not too concerned about it. Maybe between now and then somebody else will pop up. I do. I take that back. I think I also got some French, uh, midfielder who's also 86 rated, uh, from the French, uh, female squad. So I, you know, we'll, we'll see, uh, there are not necessarily a lot of SBCs out there that I'm clamoring to, to get done. So, you know, if they're not dupes, they're just hanging out in the club for the time being, we'll see how that goes. Oh goodness. I guess that Auga um, does uh, let us transition to two of the SBCs that I've been looking at. And I, and well, 
by that, I mean two that they just released that are part of this future stars bit. So, um, the first one they released was a 90 pinna. And then the second one they released was the, uh, the netto, um, which I think is actually, um, you know, looks really good, but he's an 88. Now, I just got done saying everything needs to be 90. So we'll see how this plays out. Clearly not uber expensive. I think Neto's like 100K uh, and Pena turns out to be about 176K in terms of fodder value. Um, and I see these, and this is also true with future stars as has been done in the past. There's going to be some really strong points to their car and there's going to be some deficiencies. That's why they're a future star and not a, you know, now a star or whatever. So. I'm good with that. I see these SBCs as the equivalent of uh, what we here in the United States have uh, some locations. They call it limited stakes gambling. Um, the one I know offhand is this place in Cripple Creek, Colorado. It's this little uh, touristy, miney, fake miney town, and they needed to generate some ends, uh, some funds. And so Colorado, uh, back in the early 90s, late 80s, passed an ordinance that allowed them to uh do gambling in these particular locations in Colorado, but, um, limited stakes. And what limited stakes means is that there's a minimum bet of like, you know, $2 or whatever, but your maximum that you can bet on anything, craps, blackjack slots is $5. Um, and so what it does is it scratches that itch for like, I want to go gamble and win and woo serotonin releases and stuff like that. But because the stakes are the way they are, um, anybody that knows how gambling kind of works, like you're never able to get kind of ahead at any point because you're limited on your upside. Um, and so because of those kind of limits and because you're never able to kind of exponentially increase winnings if you wanted to, you know, let a certain amount ride or try to get, you know, from 10 now, you know, that's $30. Whereas like, it's just $5 over and over and over again. It only goes so far. You're eventually going to start hitting on losses and that's going to eat that up. And you're not going to, you know, you don't have as much of a margin if you will. And so I kind of feel like that's what these cards are. I mean, they're not asking you to spend a whole lot on them. They're probably going to have some things that they do well, but you're probably not going to be like, wow, that was, you know, a, a go-getter. I think this Pena card has some real potential, um, but uh, that Neto looks so great in terms of his, uh, you know, speed and his balance and agility and those types of things. He's got passing, you know, play styles. So for me, having somebody that plays striker um, that is able to kind of move the ball around as well um, is, uh, is important. So these look like interesting, maybe bench pieces, um, and so they're very tempting, especially given that the other options are like 87 plus, you know, pretty expensive uh, casino packs for uh, some, you know, what I would say would be maybe outdated. And, you know, there's a few big ones you can get out of most of those, but um, that, you know, it's this bird in the hand versus two in the bush kind of a deal. Do you want to take some givens? Um, which will probably be also okay for fodder later on if that's the case, you know, versus some very expensive, you know, and then, you know, does that player, like, what is it that you can hit out of those? I would encourage you, if you're looking at any of those casino packs, just go on foot.gg, you know, use their little filter thing and find out who you can actually get out of there. 
and then, you know, take a gander and decide, okay, well, anybody in this top half, you know, is it there are five out of like 25, 30, you know, and then is that worth it? Whatever you've got available. If you're trying to get rid of dupes or whatever, and you've got that much in your club, you know, that may be great for you. But if not, then, uh, you know, I think, you know, looking ahead uh, at what you could possibly get can sometimes really make a difference. So I would encourage you, you know, the more you know, the more you know. That's fucking interesting, man. All right. So this last bit that I want to get to, I got to be honest. Sometimes when I sit down to do these pods, I'm like, man, I have so much stuff I want to talk about. I'm mad about gameplay or this happened or did you notice this or this happened on this or some streamer called me an asshole. Whatever it is, there's you like, I've got something that I'm going to talk about. Today, when I originally sat down, I'm like, man, I, again, Groundhog Day feels like I'm in the same place I was last year. Just another, like, I'm going to be like, I did this and I'm in this division and this is the way it goes. But not much has changed. Um, and we know that post team of the year, folks are like, oh, man, there's a drop off and things get harder and the casuals go away. But there's really, you know, what are the metrics that we use to kind of look and, and be able to determine if any of those things are true? Because as someone who wants to do research, wants proof, wants evidence, like how can we get it, especially given that the company is not going to share things with us, that some of these ancillary companies like your coin people and stuff like that, they're not going to be like, oh, we have a surge here and now we have a drop off. They'll, you know, they're keeping all this behind, you know, this is proprietary information that they want to keep. They don't want to like, you know, share their hand so far. So be it. So one of the metrics that I decided I would look into was just streaming. And by that, how many hours are being streamed, how many hours are being watched, things like that. And there's a couple of different websites that I found, one called Steam, uh, Stream Charge, uh, which you can pay for and get some you know big time stuff on, but I didn't do that. But I can tell you, um, just looking at it uh, currently, it doesn't matter that right now, the time of day that I'm talking about, you know, that I'm actually recording or whatever, that there's 22,000 folks that are watching, which, you know, not, not very much, but more importantly, I wanted to compare, um, some months. So, um, specifically, uh, according to this in the month of December, there were 26 million hours of EAFC 25 watched or 24 watched. All right. In January, that jumped up to 37.8, right? Um, and so makes sense, right? We had Christmas and people got the game. There was like the lull. We're waiting for team of the year. January team of the year. We know that some people come back. Your Castros of the world, stuff along those lines. That probably plays out a little bit. Where in December, peak viewers were 327,000. There were up to 600,000 peak viewers in January. Now, we are not, we are almost halfway through February, right? Um, and right now, based on this, um, there's 8.3 million hours watched. So let's say we double that. We give it, you know, 16.6, right? That's 10 million less than what we had in December, you know, and, you know, less than half of the amount that we had in January. Uh, peak viewers, 171k so far um average viewers 
from 32K this month in February, 35K in December, 51K in January. So clearly the January team of the year jump and is why EA will never, ever change doing team of the year. It's a huge boon for them. And then they, you know, anything after that is gravy. And we are very much in the gravy area. Um, Looking specifically at another one called twitchtracker.com which is only looking at Twitch, right? So it's not looking at the other things. But um, essentially, uh, they have uh, it broken down, whereas in September, when the game comes out or whatever, you had uh, 48,000 viewers on 654 channels, right? We get into October, that number uh, gets up to 65,000 viewers on 1,475 channels. November, we have a drop-off, right? 42,000 viewers at a thousand different you know kind of channels december um channels stay about the same viewers drop off a little bit 35 78 then january we get that bump where we get 1300 channels fifty-one thousand views and then here we are in february again not even halfway through it but down to thirty-one thousand viewers thousand channels um and just kind of looking at the percentage and gains and the peaks you can go through and, and do all that um It's, it's glaring, right? When you, especially when you go to hours watched in October, there were 30 million hours watched in November. There were 26 million hours watched in December. There were 37 million hours watched in January. According to this, they say 8.3 million hours watched. Now that um, seems to be a, you know, so it, it, those numbers don't make like, especially that January number, when I'm looking at this January, this says it was 37. So my guess is, you know, some of this stuff isn't updated, um, and, and areas of that. That's why I looked at, at multiple, uh, you know, kind of areas. Um, I will say the other thing that I thought was interesting on the stream charts is that based on the percentage of like how many followers does a, you know, uh, do people watch streamers with a lot of followers or smaller streams, things like that. And so they have this little kind of chart. And so there's um, the percentage of over like the five, the one to 5 million is such a small amount because there just aren't that many streamers with, with that many followers that are, that do EAFC. The 100K to 1 million followers, that's 6% of the view of, of people that watch those. If you have 10,000 to 100,000 followers, that's 23.7% of who people watch. If you have less than a thousand followers, 22.2%. And then the 1K to 10K is worth 47 or almost half of the people watch. So um, if you have a, you know, a thousand to the 10K, that's where uh, I get the vast majority of the, the really popular kind of EAFC streamers find that's where most of those go. And so this less than and over um, are interesting and in that there aren't, you know, I think it's interesting that both, you know, really big streamers and really small streamers have kind of the equal, you know, amounts of a grab there. I think a lot of it is a loyalty of your viewer base and that EAFC is a title that does that um, and that you're going to have a tendency to to watch those people that you're attached to. And so that has a tendency to kind of to drive those things. So. With that being said, I know I just ran a lot of numbers at you. I just. 
for me to say, like, I feel like a lot of casuals dropped off, the competition's gotten harder, that it's harder to find games and all these things that we feel, I think it's nice to be able to point to some data that suggests that my feelings aren't absolute ridiculous. Um, I still think, uh, you know, this is hard to know, like viewers versus people that play online ultimate team uh, and play online ultimate team at, you know, not squad battle style. And there's a lot of different variations in there, but it is um, evident that the interest in the game has decreased substantially post team of the year. We'll probably get a bit of a bounce back as we get closer to the team of the season. Um, but that's just one of the places we're at. So that means everybody that you're playing now, they take this game relatively seriously. They're, they're invested and they're interested. And you know, it's why you kind of get angry whenever you don't win. If you didn't care about winning and losing, we would stop playing the game. You know, that's why there's not really a professional tic-tac league or whatever. Like after a while, it's like, eh, whatevs, you just kind of move on. These we're so invested with trying to win. Like if we, if you were just like, eh, whatever, and just went on about your life, um, you know, you probably wouldn't keep coming back or be drawn into this. And so I know we get very competitive and very, you know, uh, but it's also important to know that if there wasn't that other person playing, we wouldn't have a chance to play either. So make sure that you're keeping that in mind when you're thinking about, should I post, you know, round uh, my opponent and tell them, you know, how terrible they are, laugh at them or do something salty along those lines, right? Anyway, um, I, I don't, and I, and look, I'm not trying to end this on a negative note. I'm not saying like, you know, EFC is dead, things like that. If anything, I'm like, this is a natural cycle. We're getting used to it. For those of us that play through the whole cycle, this is just, you know, part of it. It's where we get our, you know, we sharpen our edges. And then at the beginning of 25, we light people up because, you know, we kept sharp and they didn't. Um, and so, uh, hopefully gameplay, uh, continues to, uh, get better and improve as we go, even though these cards are going to keep trying to break that engine, um, and that EA continues to support the game for those of us that are still continuing, um, to, to move down this world. Cause I'll, I'll tell you this, I'm not, I'm not on my way to, you know, Valheim with animals, or, um, you know, some of those things, I can only play those for a little bit. You know, last year it was Hogwarts Legacy. Everybody's like, oh, playing Hogwarts now. Um, and, you know, back to EAFC. And like, oh, playing this now, you'll you'll be back. I mean, for those of us that are addicted, the hope is can, can EA bring back some of the non-addicts so those of us that are fiending on this have something to feed on. Like, we need food, Seymour. So, anyway, EA, bring us food. With that in mind, um, you know, I have a feeling that uh, as we're all getting, you know, sweatier and more competitive and all those things, and we're going to continue to, you know, run into this buzzsaw, um, more than likely you're going to say it more frequently than ever before. And I am with you. So let's just say it in unison. One, two, three, foot me. Fuck me. Fuck me.